Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What is up, guys? Welcome to the WCB podcast. Uh, just Kurt Geyer here doing the intros on this one. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. If you're a frequent weekly listener, maybe twice a week listener, uh, doing two a week, uh, and you haven't yet, please give a review, a rating, a share anywhere you listen. That would mean a lot. A uh, couple announcements right away. Uh, this coming weekend is the Iowa Deer Classic in Des Moines, Iowa. We will be in booth 912, and we have, we're going to have the party aisle. So find us. We'll be there. Uh, we should have new merch for sale. Uh, we'll have merch for sale in general. Uh, we're going to be having a good time. So that's Iowa Deer Classic this coming weekend, booth 912. Uh, the following weekend after that, will be the Illinois Deer Classic. We are booth 1029. We're going to be there partying it up. You'll find us in. We're the aisle to be in. Just come there. Come to our aisle. 1029. Hang out. High five us. Um, and then the following weekend after that, we'll be in Columbus, Ohio at the Open Season Sportsman's Expo. And we are booth 113 at that show. So we're looking forward to having some fun at these and hanging out with everybody. High five and having some cold beer. You know what we do. Uh, what other announcements? Uh, we're going to be trying to do some giveaways. Um, we're trying to set it all up. We're kind of running behind. Um, we're trying to do some elite bow giveaways, some partnered merch giveaways. If you come in and buy something that enters you in a giveaway, if you come up and show you're subscribed and can prove you listen, we're going to try to get that in a separate giveaway. So we're trying to do double the prizes. Um, and then I know we're planning on doing a bunch of giveaways this summer with our partners. So uh, just trying to give back. Um, also, the WCB shoot is June 15th. So plan on that. It's going to be in uh, Gillsburg Archery Club. The town that it's actually in is Rio, Illinois, R-I-O, Illinois. Um, but Gillsburg is really close. So everyone was kind of getting confused. Was it in Rio or is it in Gillsburg? It's in Rio technically, but it's 
in Galesburg. That makes sense. It's real close. Um, if you're coming from out of town, you're wanting to get a hotel, you'll stay probably in Galesburg um, unless you're going to camp or something like that. Um, and then the after party is at Jiggs's Tavern in Alexis, Illinois. Uh, it's a cool little farm town 15 minutes away from where the uh, the shoot is. So that's the after party. Um, what else? I don't know. This podcast is fun. Always good to catch up with the man T-Bone. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy this one. Um, I'll try to make our partners uh, quick here. Um, Elite Archery, um, definitely loving the new Elites, man. The colors, the look, everything, the feel of them all. Um, been shooting Elite for a long time. And uh, that's we're going to be doing some giveaways on some Elites this year and uh, doubling down on that and trying to give back to you guys for supporting us. Uh, also, big time, it's getting so close. Um, Clover, Borderline. Doesn't hurt to start mapping out your fall plots. I'm jealous of you if you could do supplemental feed. Um, pear is all the craze right now with Big Time, all their new pear lines, the lick bricks and all that. That's Doug's thing. Um, Doug, the mustache lick brick. Um, so, yeah, check them out. Code WCB2024 will save you coin on everything at Big Time. So, if you're hit them hard at the supplemental feed and the lick bricks, uh, take advantage of that code and save some coin. That way you're not paying full price. What are you doing? Uh, Huntworth. Um, Huntworth has been one of those clothing companies that as I've got more familiar with the line and used it more, the more I love it. Honestly, I do. And I think people uh, that have never had experience with Huntworth see it from the outside and maybe judge. Well, no, normally it's the people who are in the high-end fashion type hunting clothing. Or they're the main ones that normally judge Huntworth without knowing. Um, but I'm telling you, especially uh, if you're in the Midwest and you hunt mostly in the Midwest, Huntworth is the best bang for your buck. But even then, if you want to expand, we've taken it to everywhere, out west, Mexico, South Africa, uh, Texas, all over. We've taken it all over. We really have. We use it. If it sucked, we wouldn't use it. And I think that's just straight up the bottom line. Um, also, don't pay full price. Use our code WCB15 at HuntworthGear.com. Uh, trophy line. You know, the Hyperlite series just launched. Everyone's excited about that. But if, you know, if it's a different material. It's light. It's fancy. But if you don't need anything like that, Trophy Line has a variety of stuff to basically fit what you need in your mobile hunting game. Or if you're new to the saddle hunting game, um, they have really everything you need to get going on their store. Um, it's a one-stop shop for everything mobile hunting. Um, even if you're not a saddle hunter and you need you want to get different safety equipment or different carabiners. They have some of the best carabiners in the game, uh, a mechanical ascender, uh, like a rope man or, uh, or a Kong. I love those things. I use them even when I tree stand hunt for my safety tether to the tree. Um, it, it's really more than saddle hunting at trophy line. They're really tapping more into mobile hunting. Um, and you can use code WCB to save some money on all that stuff. Don't pay full price. What are you doing? Uh, also grizzly coolers, <clears throat> drinkware, Basically now luggage, Grizzly is like expanding. They're they're a fairly local to us brand. They're in Decorah, Iowa. Um, they're good fucking people behind that brand. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, come see them this weekend at Iowa. Crawl inside that box blind. Check out all the new revamped drinkware and cups and all that stuff. And we also do have a line of WCB Grizzly drinkware on our store, uh, workingclassbowhunter.com. We should have some of that available too at the trade shows. Um, while it lasts. They normally sell faster at trade shows than they do online because people actually get to see them. Uh, also, Blackgate Trail Cams. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be at Iowa or Illinois, but I know they're going to be at Columbus, Ohio. I'll be, I'll be shocked if they're not at the Columbus, Ohio show. That's their home state. Um, so if you want to 
get in there and talk to Ryan, uh, the owner of Blackgate, and really just pick his brain. If you haven't listened to the episode and see the cameras firsthand, um, I think you'll have the confidence in buying one if you don't already have one. Um, but check out Blackgate, uh, code WCB10, save you some money there. Um, so try them out. I love them, man. Uh, they've been rocking for us. So I actually had one take family photos for us. I planted a couple sheds for the kids the other day in the food plot and got some really nice HD like frameable photos of that. So uh, shout out to Blackgate on that one, definitely. <clears throat> uh, Black Ovis, Camel Fire. Camel Fire is a really dope website. Um, like, I'll just pull it up right now. We'll go to Camel Fire. Doug always says delete your browser history because you can get in trouble for buying stuff. Um, they also have an app, uh, which is dangerous. But uh, like right now, I just pulled up CamelFire.com. They have a whole lineup of Avian X uh, decoys, decoy stands, all turkey-related stuff. Um, and it's all at discounted prices. So a lot of these are like 30% off right now. Um, and then, uh, packs and bags and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, Black Ovis on the other side of that also has the arrow ID builder where you can go on, um, basically build your own custom arrows and have them shipped to your door. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool, uh, thing they got going on. They carry victory arrows, which is one of our, um, top partners and uh, they're just killing it out there. Uh, Camel Fire and Black Ovis. Um, we've been to the Black Ovis headquarters at this point in time, but not at the time of recording, if that makes sense. And uh, so looking forward to mixing up with those guys. They're great people. Uh, but up on Black Ovis, it's code WCB. Save you everything. You partner brand or not. Uh, Novix Tree Stands, the new hybrid series, the Echo, the Hilo. Um, you guys know all about that stuff. You know we love it and use it. Um, an American company. Uh, so, I mean, that's a big bonus right there. And uh, I think more people are starting to switch that way, but um, Novix really focuses their core value on that, which is, uh, which is great. Um, code WCB saves you money there. Uh, Deercast obviously is our mapping, uh, tool of choice when it comes to whitetails, especially, um, and mountain ops We're fueled with mountain ops basically all the time. Now I, I drink it every day. Um, ignite hydrate enduro, um, code WCB saves you 20% and donates five meals to the conquer hunger initiative. Great, great people over there. I, the best people over at Mountain Ops. That's what I should probably say. Um, also, Loophole Optics. Um, some exciting stuff dropped uh, in February with Loophole. The new BX4 Pro Guide HD Gen 2. Um, new features, new performance. Um, you know, different eye cups. They changed, uh, you know, added some glare reduction, some clarity, uh, superior resolution. Form fit eye cups, they got it all. Um, I've been rocking the BX4s for a long time. Um, the Gen 2s, I'm excited to get my hands on them. It will be a regular. I mean, I don't go anywhere without my binos. I really don't. If you listen to the ad last week with my daughter Isla May talking about binos, she gets it because she knows I don't go anywhere without my binos. We go hiking with the family, whether we're we're always looking for something. But if we're not, my loopholes are on me. I live with them on me if I go to the woods. I feel wrong if I don't have them, um, especially if you've got a good bino harness and your loophole rangefinder is right next to your binos. You never have the, oh, shit, where's my rangefinder? So I, I highly suggest there's a lot of people I think don't understand how much they're missing if they've never hunted with them. And then I'll see like these like boldly uh, arrogant comments on Facebook like, I've been hunting for this long without them, and I don't need them in the Midwest. Trust me, you do, and you're wrong. I, I will be confident in that because I used to think that way. 
until I started using them on the daily on me instead of throwing them in my pack and it's too late to grab them. You see twice as many deer. You see twice as many detail. You it's it's the best. You shoot a deer and your arrow goes through the animal. You know how nice it is to put your binos up and look and see from your tree stand what kind of blood you have on your arrow if you're unsure? Then you can make the choice to back down, slip out, and not even walk to your arrow. Some of that stuff can make a big difference whether you think so or not. Um, so I can't stress the importance of good optics enough. Um, and it drives me nuts. And I see people make those comments. I'm like, man, just you're, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice of your experience in the woods. If you go without binos, you, you can just, you take advantage of what's out there so much more with them. And, uh, I know it's not that deep, but it does make a difference. Uh, so check out loophole, the new BX four gen twos. Um, uh, but also at the same time, man, if you, if you don't want to go to that level of optic, they have other options for you. So I, I strongly suggest if you're not in the optic game, please consider it. That's how passionate I am about it that I ran it by myself in the studio to your ears. So thank you for letting me do that. Um, we're going to get to the podcast here with Mr. Travis T-Bone Turner. Uh, this guy is a great friend of ours. I really consider him a great friend. He gave us a chance very early on in the WCB library as you go can go back and listen and we've really just really became friends with you know bone and michael and nick and when we get together that's why the podcasts aren't these like q a stuff it's us laughing and kind of bullshitting together and just having a good time um talk to bone all the time about fighting and uh yeah he's just a good dude he's the best guy in the game it's hard to argue it what you see is what you get with t-bone um genuinely i promise you and uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Hope you enjoy it. And hopefully we're going to see you at a show coming soon. Later. Run, run, run. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Blackman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. Well, we don't got to get too formal. You've been here before <laughs> with us. Yeah, man. Yeah, my uh, buddies, I was talking to them this morning. I, uh, they, I, I, you know, we do a lot of podcasts, you know, each week or whatever, and 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 love doing them actually. But uh, they, my buddy was asking me who was on the podcast today, and I said with working class bow hunter, and you know, I said, man, you know, I just kind of relayed. We've been on, you know, several times, and how uh, we at the ATA show, we always like to hang out, you know, come by, and it's it's like the highlight of our day when whenever we're at the ATA to come by and just like let your hair down and have a podcast and yeah drink a beverage and uh, and uh and and that's and and just kind of you know like we, we're we we're all from the same cloth so to speak and we just 
speak each other's lingo and just it's it's always a pleasure to catch up and stuff so um i told him i said yes yeah, it's one of the bigger if not the biggest uh outdoor podcast going and uh you know it's just we've been friends uh with all of you guys since the beginning so it's it's yeah. always a pleasure well yeah. dude, we always appreciate it and we, we missed you the other week at ata and uh yeah. but it, it's it, it is true it's like i feel like we have you know we have hunting in common and you know blah 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 but I, we could talk about other stuff when we're all together and i think that's what's yeah. nice about it you know yeah it, it is it's just uh you know like sometimes you talk with certain people and it's like you know this this guy is in the hunting industry and it, it does feel a little forced but it's like Man, if there's no camera going, if there's no microphone in front of us, it's just like, man, th- these are my people. This is who I want to hang out with, and yeah. you know, just you know, walk around on a 3D course with, or share a fire with, or like, hey, man, let's go get a steak or anything like that. It's just, yeah, this is my people. Yeah. Well, I think every time you and I talk, Bone, it's we're talking about fighting while everybody else is talking about whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're over there talking about what who the hell is going to win this fight and whatever. So. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's fun for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's no secret that uh, you and I both like UFC stuff. So, yep. I, yeah. I can't. I can't do it, but I can certainly like it. That's right. You can <laughs> follow it, dude. Honestly, I don't. You know, we can get. I want to get into some fight stuff where you're at with, with some of that. Get caught up with you here at the end sure. of this. But it's like, you know, who would wanna really? I mean, unless you're at the top, it's like that's a, that's a hustle beyond. What I mean, I think most people could fathom. It's a career I don't want to do. That's Imagine for sure. Getting punched in the face for no money. <laughs> yeah, I I know, and I mean, maybe 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 they're just good at keeping it secretive or not. And I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I think they make a decent living compared to, you know, a lot of the blue collar stuff. And it's you know yeah. it's better than that. But in comparison to a, you know, a professional sport like a football, basketball, baseball player. Man, it, that, that's that's yeah. a hell of a wear and tear on your body not to get paid, and yeah. especially when you see how the boxers make just like killer money. I mean, like fifty I, I mil. Expect, yeah, I would expect a lot of your top UFC guys to make at least that much. Well, right. I was, you know, I think even then, yeah, comparatively, but I was like even saying like just trying to make it to the UFC, you're not making any money. I mean, oh, you're making no. some, but. I know a little bit about it from our local fight scenes. I used to be like kind of involved. And I've judged fights and um, yeah. I, my dad and I were certified judges in the area for a few fights and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And like you just watch these guys show up, train for three months with a day job and then make <laughs> a thousand bucks if they're, if they win. I know it's a, I mean, you know, competitive 3D archery can be the same way, at least, but at least you ain't got bumps and bruises. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Dude, that's a good, that's a good transition, actually. Like, good comparison, though. And, and maybe it is a good comparison, but I wish, and maybe we can change something with this. I don't know. Maybe, the, I don't, maybe you have an idea. I wish, like, local, not local, but maybe local, but like 3D archers and tournament archers, I wish there was a lot more hype around them in the bow hunting realm and, and archery realm. Like, I wish they they kind of were like looked at as like I don't I don't know. You, does that make sense? What I'm trying to get across. No, no I, I totally get it. I mean, we've been through this uh, you know seesaw or roller coaster for years. You know, back um, you know I, I don't know if it, it's been talked about or you guys remember, but like when I shot tournaments, um, you know. M- m- all through the nineties is when I, I shot and traveled and such so much long before transitioning into doing something, you know, hunting wise, well, I hunted, but television hunting wise, so to speak. But, uh, you know, the prize money was way higher back then. Like in, in, uh, 92, three, four, five, six, seven, 
uh, first place for most all your tournaments was a guaranteed $10,000 each tournament. And, and the world champion would get uh, $30,000 first place. And the shooter of the year got 50,000. That's not any, that's no contingencies. That's just from the tournament. Oh, right. no sponsor yeah, so, money and stuff like that on top of no it. Spon- yeah. Sponsors and contingencies was all on top of that. So, you know, we had guys making, you know, really good money. I mean, like, like for myself, you know, I won a few of them, but if I could consistently stay in the top 10, you know, I was making 30, 40 grand a year easy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So whereas nowadays you can see some of the checks that they post, you only get like, I mean, there are exceptions like Vegas shoot pays, you know, has a, a really high payday. Isn't but that 50,000 to win that, to win that's Vegas. Right. But, but on a 3d set, uh, uh, aspect, first place is only like $2,100, $2,200. And, you know, you would think that we would evolve over the last 20 years, but yeah. uh, well, actually oh, 25 years, but we haven't. And it, and a lot of that contributes to, we were on ESPN back then. Mm. So you don't have the, the media is not spread out between, you know, digital and social and television. Yeah. Everything was ESPN. So we were on ESPN. So we got a lot of non-endemics. There was, you know, Miller, Budweiser, you had Pennzoil, you had, uh, you know, a, a lot of high-end non-endemic sponsors. So yeah, the big dogs. That's mm-hmm. right. So it really helps a lot. And so since then, uh, we, we've tried in the past, like, how can we get more money involved? And, uh, you know, unless you have a ton of eyeballs, and it's really hard to make, in this fast-paced world, it's just hard to make in a, a television show or make it to where it's spectator-friendly and then also... You know, it's it's unfortunate to say, but major television networks don't want to carry it when you're shooting animals. You know, you're shooting foam animals. They don't want to. Right. Yeah. You know, like and a see, or a McDonald's. They don't want to. You know, <laughs> yeah. Shooting animals and D- stuff. So. Dude, I. You know what? You know who needs to step up here? Who's that? Fucking Bush Light. Get into it. Like, <laughs> no kidding. You, yes. gotta, you gotta like go the other way from Bud Light. You gotta save this. Get your money back. Go in hard, and, and it's like save it. Like and there's got to be, but I get it. everything you're saying makes sense, yep. and but I think if there was a great televised version of like a 3D archery tournament that could be captivating to the viewer, captivating to people who aren't really sure what's going on, yeah, I think it could do well because it's to me it's cooler than shooting spots at 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like you need to almost. And I know it's someone's got to have the money and the time and the equipment and the place to do it, and it's got to pay off for them. But it's like, all right, Bush Light, let's go, let's get some money behind this. I mean, and shit, th- they got camo cans every year. Well, yeah, exactly. let's let's do something with it, you know. And but then then I think it would be easier to get the ball rolling because, and, and maybe we're hypocritical, like saying like we need to put more hype behind this, but we don't have that many 3D archers on every year. So maybe we're the problem to maybe. a point, you know? I don't know. But it, that yeah. I think that too, like it's not like a spectator sport. It's not like football or baseball where you're going to have thousands of people lined up to go we need to a, the event and watch archery, watch a 3D course, you know, because you probably can't do it. We need an archery John Daly. Yeah, exactly. It's hard. It's hard to follow. I mean, it's very similar to golf. So, you know, it takes a lot of uh, real estate to have it. And then plus where it's at from a safety standpoint, you can't really view each target. You're reliant on cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. Competition, you know, the ASA uh, competition archery media does a good job of, of uh, you know, simulcasting that on sports channel and stuff. But 
the numbers aren't there yet. They do a really good job about showing you the target and trying to keep it as fast paced as possible. And anybody that, you know, bends a string can really appreciate the way they are covering it now. Mm -hmm. However, somehow we just need to, you know, uh, get some non endemics or people to hitch their wagon to it and, you know, propel it a little bit more, but that, you know, and, and competition archery media is a subsidiary of Lancaster archery, which, you know, they, they're doing a, a, a good job with what they have. And the numbers are there at the tournament. I mean, there, there's as many people going to the tournaments as there ever has been, you know, at, at uh, 1500 to anywhere of 2,500 participants at each stop on the ASA tour. So, the numbers are there. We just got to get the viewership. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, like if it would have been 20 years ago when we didn't have, you know, now it's hard to, you can't even keep a person's attention for 30 minutes mm -hmm. on a television show. You know, people want to absorb things through podcasts where they can multitask, put, put their earbuds in, listen to the podcast and they can still, yep. you know, cook supper and stuff. And then we don't even watch TV shows anymore. We put a football game and we scroll through our phone. And then if something we hear, a we hear something exciting happens. We put our phone down, rewind it and watch that, watch what was exciting. So we're, yeah. we're multitasking. So to say you're going to get somebody to watch a 30 minute uh, TV show of exciting archery action, man, it's, it's a, it's a big hurdle to, to jump over. For sure. That is tough. But that, that I mean, we see that a hundred percent. Like if you look at our video podcast numbers on YouTube, yeah. you would think, what are those guys wasting their time for? But then you see our audio numbers and it's like, well, you know, we're, to the people that are at work listening or driving a truck or doing whatever in the archer shop, doing whatever it is completely two different realms when you yeah. compare the numbers, oh, yeah. like it is not even in comparison. Yep. I, th I think what we need to do is like, uh, man, Hey, for you guys that are watching this, man, you ain't gonna believe this, but T-Bone is sitting on the other side of the table with us in a thong. Believe it or not, he's in a thong. You got to go to YouTube and watch this. You got to see this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Just start baiting people into our video shows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, um, there's going to be a little ticker goes across as T-Bone gets up and turns around. And if you, if you see that ticker, then uh, you write in and see what the ticker is and you could win this prize pack. Bam. Yeah. You got viewers. You know what? That's what it's going to take, you know, because there is podcasts out there who like, they go for the bait clips for their videos rather mm -hmm. than like producing a podcast. That is just a good conversation. Yeah. They go for the clips and we would much rather have a fun conversation than go for. Yeah like five two-minute clips or whatever the hell you know yeah and it's getting pretty common too like uh i guess what you call it the thumbnail on there it's like uh you know i i don't know um you know about about blew up my my deer stand burnt my truck two. down yeah 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 <laughs> you know that crossed my mind but i said no nah, i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna say burn my truck. <laughs> yeah i'll do it i'll do it <laughs> yeah but you know that so to speak and it you know it, it basically you know, makes you want to watch it or whatever. And then you, you end up getting suckered into watching, you know, an hour worth of not much good content anyway. Yeah. And about yeah. two minutes worth of good shit. That's about it's, it. It's a tricky space to be in, I think, but, uh, I, I think what's, it's good for us. If we've always just done what we've done and, it, uh, you know, doing it. whatever, we're just going to keep it, doing what we're doing. Man. Appreciate people can appreciate the originality and the authenticity and the humbleness and, you know, it, it, you know, I, it can be said it's a lot like what has actually, you know, been successful for us or uh, what we like to say has been for us is we're relatable to, you know, 
um, the the everyday worker that's the working class bow hunter, Dude. and you you know it's just like hey, the Billy Joe lunch buckets. Yeah, exactly. It's just like <laughs> everybody gets to you know hang out with us, and and uh, you know it, it it's not like we're not killing the biggest deer or anything like that. It's just you feel like man, it'd be fun to share a camp with them, or mm-hmm. this is just like sharing a camp you know, with all my buddies. So yeah. That, that's what people tune in for you guys. It's it's the same type of thing. So for sure. I, and dude, I vouch for you guys with that. You guys are like who you portray you are. And I feel like when we because we get asked about probably the two most common crews is how are the bone collector boys, how are the jury boys? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you know, we're friends with both of you guys. I'm like, they're exactly how you think. Like yep. uh, especially, you know, you guys are just what you guys are and, and just cool as hell. And I think how we talk to you guys kind of proves that, but it, it blows my mind a little bit, but I don't blame when people are surprised by it, you know, because yeah, you guys are big dogs, you know, just like the juries are big dogs and many others. And yeah. Well, yeah. And we, and you know, uh, to the jury's point too, we're, we're good friends with them. I mean, a lot of people just assume, you know, that don't know any better. It's like, Oh, I bet you hate those guys, you know, cause they, you know, they're mossy <laughs> oak and all that. I'm like, absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> total I, I opposite. Like, I text with Mark, Matt, Terry, you know, but just about on a weekly basis. So no, I mean, we stay in touch and gosh, we, uh, we, you know, we talk about sharing camp or wish that we could, you know, life gets in the way and our, you know, busyness, but I can promise you if it was a, a little more, uh, of ease of us to get together and, and, and we would definitely be sharing a lot of campfires, a lot more than what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is cool. I don't Was it on a podcast with, with Mark or with the, uh, with, the Bone Collector Boys, we talked about, there's one episode, maybe it was a road trips glimpse, or a, maybe it was a Bone Collector episode, or, or maybe on the jury side, there was a little glimpse of you guys in camp together with the juries, and as back in the day, as like a fan, I'm like, oh, no way, like, it's like my two favorite rappers <laughs> doing a collab, you know what I mean? And I don't remember what I want to be around was, that but, campfire so bad. But yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. what would you do to be there, just with people you feel that are like you, and that that's what it is. Yeah, let me show y'all guys something. Hold on just a second. You'll yeah. like this. Sorry about the dead air time, but look no, here. No, it's all right. Dead I air. Just, I keep this on. I'm in my office, so I keep this on my bulletin board. Y'all will appreciate this. And I give them hell about it every year. So uh, so this was the ATA in 2007. I won this. This was a, a hunt with the jury guys. <laughs> all right. So okay. I won the... Uh, so I won a, a prize pack. I won some Biologic, and I won a whole scent locker, scent blocker suit, and a a week a, a week's hunt with Marker uh, Marker Terry on one of their farms. And I never have cashed it in. So every year I keep holding it up to it and say, "Hey, this is the year I'm cashing this in, boys." So <laughs> <laughs> we always have, we always have a great laugh. I should have that thing framed, but I, I won that a hunt with them, and uh, it's always been fun. And you know, Terry's always like saying, "Man, I got." When I knew you won that, I, he said, I went and bought a bunch of ladder stands. He goes, they're still here. He said, man, you can come anytime. <laughs> well, dude, you ought to take advantage, like, wait until you're watching, like, you know, now the juries and everyone's doing, like, the summer series where it's, like, weekly episodes. Wait till one of them's got just an absolute mega and yeah. then decide if you go to Terry or Mark's camp. That's and, right. And cash it in. Just be like, hey, look, you know, I wanted to wait yeah. for the right time, and I think this is the right time. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Or, or ask them if I can auction it off. We're trying to raise money for something. I'm going to auction this thing off. From 2007. <laughs> yeah, it's a rain check from 2007. <laughs> that's awesome. That, that yeah. is, that's a good one, dude. Yeah, 
That'd be cool. Especially uh, selfishly go to Mark's because it's only it's just a you know not far at all from us and get down That's there. Right. I you know I still I still one of these days when we get our new bows and just like drive down to you and podcast with you in person and just like come hang out down there. I know we've talked about that in the past, but you guys are welcome anytime, man. I'd be glad to be glad to see y'all and hang out and you know Waddell just lives not even 30 minutes down the road we could uh we could knock a few little things out it would be it would be a good time for sure we need to plan that for sure just roll into waddies with a case of bush light and catch them off guard don't tell them we're coming (laughs) just show up (laughs) that would be that would be fun man what we ought to do that probably like next next late late spring next year like after turkeys early summer we ought to yeah he he runs so wild during i mean like he, he he is really worn out by the time May gets here through turkey season. Cause I mean, don't get me wrong, he's busy. He he stays on the road a lot, but you know, him being noted as a turkey guy, I mean, he gets so invited to so many hunts and calling for so many different people, even more so than what we even film or, or even document. So mm-hmm. yeah, he is strung out from say middle of March till the middle of May. But yeah, or it might be something that we do just after the shows, you know, like maybe well maybe February or something when weather's so bad up there for you guys, y'all come down and take advantage of what we got down here. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, a, that would be perfect. That that yeah. would be fun. Well, we'll, we got to do that. We need to put that yeah. on the calendar and just get, you know, come down one weekend or whatever. But um, dude, speaking of like just being busy, you guys are always busy. We're busy, They're busier than ever, which is a good problem. But I saw you knocking shit over, deflating some lungs this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, didn't didn't travel much. Just uh, stayed right around here. But yeah, we on the couple little farms I got here. We've just been working and and uh, you know basically managing like we've always done. And got a couple of decent deer that we didn't catch up with. But um, we got the the two that I did kill. We got a couple more that are just just ancient man. They've been on the feed bill just way too long, and it was it was time for them to go. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, not, not high scoring deer, but just definitely great ones to catch up with. And we had a lot of history with, so, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we hunted pretty hard this year, actually. Yeah. I I love seeing you knock them over. I love watching all the videos of like you tinkering with archery stuff. Those are some of my, my favorites. Oh, for sure. Uh, Do you think you shoot your bow more now with your, your life changing scenario? Or do you think it's the same or less or? Yeah, I probably, I probably do now just because I've got more time to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but you know, back of course in the nineties and early two thousands, I probably shot the most cause I was competing and stuff, but yes, yeah, certainly since, since, uh, you know, late real tree road trip days. And, uh, since bone collector, I probably have shot more in the last two years than I have on a normal year, yearly basis, just because I have more time and, um, you know, I got a range set up here at the house. So yeah, I'm working on them and work, you know, setting up bows for, you know, close friends and, mm-hmm. and celebrities and such like that. So yeah, I've, I've been shooting quite a lot. We do a thing. I, I don't talk about it as much, but we do a little thing called Thursday night knockbusters, mm-hmm. you know, just a bunch of local guys, you know, uh, Nick and Michael, they come from time to time and people at Realtree, they come, but there's probably about 15 to 25 of us local guys that, you know, we don't invite anybody that's going to be a cancer to the group. You know, it's always <laughs> just people that just get along. Yeah. No buzz kills. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. If you're if you're a knucklehead, there's a reason you're not here is because you're a knucklehead. So mm-hmm. it's just folks that, you know, um, you know, there's different between lawyers and doctors and we got guys that, you know, work as linemen, just people that are like minded and get along and we can all chit chat and, you know, nobody's got their egos or, you know, uh, their, their pride is not going to get hurt if we poke at each other. But we t- kind of turned my basement into, uh, I should say, my garage. 
um, we just got like work tables and stuff. And then I bought, I found some uh, chairs on sale on Amazon for like $32 a piece. Some of those rolling, you know, like office chairs. Mm -hmm. I bought a bunch of them and we just sit around work tables and, you know, each person takes a turn each week. Like they're going to, they cater it. Meaning like this week it's mine. I'm, I'm buying pizzas from this joint and next week's this person. Hey, I made a huge pot of chili. We just take turns feeding it and, Golly, we, we laugh at each other because we're always talking about different types of camouflage and, hey, did you get this? And it's almost like a we, we compare it to a guy's version of uh, if women got together at a beauty salon, had their nails done and was talking Pinterest crap and, <laughs> and drinking, <laughs> drinking lattes and stuff. Yeah, that's what we compare it to. And it's like. Are you believing we're sitting around talking about this gossiping and stuff? It's like a bunch of hens in a hen house. <laughs> man, we we all love it, man. It's like, oh yeah, hey, would you bring that bring that uh, new vein you was talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll bring yeah. it fine. Yeah, it, it's it's the best time because you don't think about it being fun, but then afterwards, everybody always texts. We got a group text that goes, and they say, "Man, I need this time." You know, like it's been a stressful week, and I'm a realtor, and you know, I, I look forward to that because we can let our hair down and we ain't got to be ourselves, and we can just, you know, ain't got to worry about cameras, ain't got to worry about mics or anything like that. We just have fun, be ourselves, and we basically get to celebrate our passions. So it's 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 been real awesome. That is cool, man. That's yeah, it's like hunting camp without any like obligation to perform. You're just having right. a good time. Yeah, we have the same thing back at home. It's like uh, every Thursday night they get together, probably same amount of people, and someone. Same thing. Someone brings food every week, and then the guy that owns the place set up a 3D course through his woods, so they have 30 targets there, and yeah. just get together, shoot the shit, make fun of each other, you know, and yeah, and we all throw in 20 bucks, and whoever wins at the end of the night wins the pot, and it's a great time. Yeah, that's per man, that's perfect. I think more people should do that. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's nice to go to organized 3D shoots, but you know, there's a lot of people that get intimidated by that. We don't, we don't have no intimidation here. We don't even really have an organized um scoring system we basically just say okay hey pick a shot all right 32 yards on that you know bless buck good, good luck oh let's shoot him in the eye okay let's shoot him in the eye <laughs> anything yeah. like that you know and if somebody has a bow breakdown we kind of work on it or yep. help each other and yeah. it's, it's pretty awesome dude you know that kind of reminds me back in the day before we would record we'd shoot when the studio's at my house we'd shoot in the yard yeah every, every time every week we need to just bring a couple of targets here now once this edition gets done mm-hmm Talk about yeah. boobs and shoot a few arrows and then <laughs> crack a cocktail and let's go, you know? It's crazy because uh, like like throughout the winter, a lot of us hunt in the, at the afternoon. So we've been hunting every Thursday afternoon and most guys don't get off work till five o'clock. So they can't even be here till 530 or six anyway. So n- nobody's getting here till dark. And uh, I got some pretty nice lights out there to where we can shoot. But honestly, for the past four or five weeks, I don't even think we've shot an arrow, but we've all got together and just hung out in the basement. So there you go. yeah. 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 I mean, we talk archery and if somebody's got a problem or, you know, a tuning issue or something like that, we do. But, but for the, to say that we're sitting outside and shooting, we haven't been doing that for the last month anyway. Yeah. See, that makes it even cooler, man. Like you guys are just, it shows you get just got good friends, good people. I mean, that's kind of why we started this to be honest with you, because, you know, we would talk about hunting during hunting season and we're like, well, let's get together once a week and just shoot the shit about hunting. Yeah. Why not record it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it gave us a reason to like we, you know, kind of held each other accountable mm-hmm. to get together yeah. once a week, you know. Yeah, exactly. And it and it's just you know it's a it's good honest. Hey, you know, get away. It's not like you're, you know, we're not going to strip joints. We're not going, you know, and we're we're doing good wholesome stuff. I mean, something that 
you, you know, your kids and your wife and everybody can be proud of, you know, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, he needs that, you know, no different than I need my girl time or, you know, the, the, the kids need their little league dad needs some dad time. So that's what we're yeah, doing. Right. For sure. Dude, we got to get you here to the studio. One of these days, man, we, we are, we're set up for you. We are, yeah. we got you set up. You can get I, in here and I promise you if I'm anywhere close, I'm coming. Yeah, no, we, we got to do that. We definitely have to, um, something you talk about like tuning bows and stuff all the time. I love anytime you do an archery related video, like first one I can think of is you're talking about those mega meat heads and how you JB welded some of the blades together. Like <laughs> I just like watching you talk archery stuff. Like it's it just trigger with shit. Yeah. It just catches it. Just it's captivating when you talk about it and the why I, and I, how I appreciate that, man. A lot of people tell me that I've got to do more of it. I really do. I mean, cause I, I, you know, I, I have so many ideas in it, but it, like I don't, I don't film it or anything like that. Cause I'm like, nah, man, that's just so elementary. But every time I do that, I say, I'm going to put it out there anyway. Everybody seems to love it. I mean, even if it's just real simple stuff, but yeah, yeah, I, I just got to do a better job of that. And, you know, especially with my situation changing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that is on the docket to, to do more of that kind of stuff, at least, you know, once a week or so put out something that's, you know, archery related, uh, you know, background. Cause I just assume that, you know, anybody, anybody that shot for a little while knows these things, but man, there's just a, there's thousands of people out there that haven't heard all this stuff mm-hmm. and they're trying to consume good stuff. And, um, I, I, I hope that I come across as non arrogant or just basically a scratch in your head type of, you know, I'm a pro and con kind of guy. Here's mm-hmm. the pros, here's the cons. I'm not telling you to go down one way or another. It's just, this is how it's worked for me. Hopefully it can work for you. I hope that that's the way it comes across. It does um, come across that way. It's it's yeah. for sure de- the furthest thing from arrogant. I, I think, yeah. man, you could break it down. Even it's a good refresher for guys that have been shooting mm-hmm. for a long time. Like, let's. All right, I'm gonna talk to you about my method of aiming. Do you come down from the top? Do you come up from the bottom? Like, I just yeah. just simple stuff. All that stuff. Like, hey, this is how I do a D loop. This is the release I like. This is all yeah. that stuff. I think when you break it down, because no one's gonna argue with your archery knowledge, and you have such a good way of like putting it across as just kind of like here it is yeah you know learn from it or don't it's yeah it's not hopefully it's not offensive or talking down to or it's just sharing it you know it's like yeah maybe not talking to someone it's basically like here get on my shoulder and this is how we're going to do this yeah see and that's yeah. what that's what i like too because i know a guy that built his own bow press two years ago but hasn't learned how to use it yet yeah. <laughs> Who is yeah. that, Eric? This I guy? Think you and I talked about that, Eric. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I'm like, I'm all for it. I'm like, I'm going to build my own bow press. I'm going to learn how to do it. So I haven't done it yet. It's embarrassing yeah. that we don't know how to, like, fully set up a bow on our own. I'm embarrassed by it. Oh, for sure. Oh, well, I mean, you know. I, it's intimidating, though. Yeah. Well, it, it can be. I mean, because there's, there's a lot. I mean, it's just you got to try. You know, so many times people work on stuff and they're like, ah, I don't want to move it, but just this. Just remember, you can always go backwards. I, I guess I'm intimidated by computer stuff, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to click two buttons. I can't get back. But anything you do on the archery wise, take an old bow. I encourage people don't shoot the bow that you don't work on the bow that you're you have now. Everybody's probably, especially in your guys' position, you probably got a backup bow that's four or five years old. Do the work on that. Say, hey, I'm going to reserve this string on this bow. That's how I learned. Hmm. Is basically just doing it. As, yeah, a little bit more advanced than me. I said, I'm going to reserve my bow that's four years old. I'm not going to mess with my main number one bow that's ready to go. You always have a bow that's ready to go at always times, but then take the other one and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to advance the time and see how the 
both points by putting one wheel ahead of the other one and just see how it works. Yeah, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. What we really need to do is like, you know, Josh McDaniel's not too far, but he's busy. But, or, you know, even our buddy uh, Snortwee Scotty or Ross, like, hey, yep. man, I'm going to, let's set up this new bow. I'm going to do it, and you're going to just full-blown hold my hand through the process. Well, because that's how I learn. Like, I have to physically do it. Like, I can watch a video a thousand times, and I'm just kind of... You're a picture book type of guy. I'm in la-la land. Like, (laughs) yeah, I didn't learn shit on that. Like, physically show me how to do it, and I'll have it right away. Yeah. That's why I was terrible in school, because I couldn't pay attention. (laughs) Um, Hey, me me too. Seriously, I can't read instructions or... Or follow it, you know, if you got owner's manuals on stuff, I'm the world's worst at that. I can watch a video and do pretty good, but the best thing is hands-on. You know, yep. just like, let, let me screw it up a couple of times and I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's something we should know. But, you know, too, it's always like we've always had – it's kind of nice to have a guy. Like, Ross yeah. has been our guy, and, like, we go down there and do all that. But um, oh, yeah, And everybody can't do that. I mean, that's been my life, so that that is it. So, you know, like – uh, you know, here I'm intimidated about welding, but, you know, Eric just jumps in there and blazes away. You know, he can make anything you need as far as that goes. But everybody's specialized in something. It just so happened, you know, archery is kind of in my wheelhouse. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has things that they're they're awesome at, and that's that's what makes us all tick. So, you, you know, you, you, you take care and handle what you can in the categories that you're good at, and then you rely on others to help you through it. Yeah, but some yeah. people are some people are like you know they don't want to they don't want to drive your car unless they're the ones that change their oil or they don't want to they don't want to shoot the bow unless you know i think this guy got it right but do i know he got it right you know there's a lot of people that can be extremely anal and 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 just need that you know the confidence Mm -hmm. wise it's like i worked on it i know it if if it's broke it's because i'm the one that broke it yeah yeah No, I get that a hundred percent. We we've been fortunate enough where we have a guy like we haven't really we've never just well hell since we started the podcast less than eight nine years we haven't just dropped off a bow at a random shop like hey I need this done like we always have a a dude who knows what we want and what hunts we're going on so we've been fortunate there like you know we took our bows to Josh McDaniel you ship your bows to Josh and Josh sets them up and it's. You know it's as good as it could be anywhere. Without you know, being there. By, yeah. So uh, we've been forced enough in that situation. So maybe we've just been spoiled. We've been enabled. We have been. Not to have to learn. You and know? I told Ross that, too. I'm like, next bow I get. I'm coming down on a Saturday, and we're spending all day, and you're going to show me how to do it. Well, then he gets yeah. busy. I get busy. And I'm like, okay, I'll just drop it off, and <laughs> you get to it yeah. when you get to it. Yeah, and that's a that's a – you know, it's a good to aspire to do that, but it's also good and, and, you know, hats off to all the independent retailers across the country because, you know, God love the mom and pop shop. That, mm-hmm. that is who we are. And that's, that's something that the mass merchants are that you're never going to be able to duplicate. Amazon's not going to be able to duplicate the service and the, the, the intenseness that you have from an archery pro shop, a mom and pop shop, so to speak. Yeah. You, you've got to have that. It's a, it's a cross between, kind of NASCAR and getting a tailor-made suit, you know, it has to fit you perfectly. And, mm-hmm. and, and fortunately um, there are a lot of great independent shops that, that are trustworthy across here. So I, I would encourage, you know, people to support those local shops so that you have a place to frequent and you can have those chit chats. You gain so much more by going to an archery pro shop than just getting your stuff worked on. You know, it's the, the hanging out, the camaraderie, the fellowship. It's mm-hmm. just another way of, 
of sharing that. You know, you can't do that when you go to a Bass Pro Shop. You don't you don't get that same atmosphere. Right. Or you can't do that from buying something off of line. You need to go there. So, you know, uh, I guess I bleed a little bit more for the independent retailer because I was one for so many years. But yeah, I highly, highly recommend everybody listening to to go to your, you know, and, and support all you can your independent retailers and and uh, you know pat them on the back for the knowledge that they have, especially if it's a good reputable uh, shop. Yeah. yeah, we're fortunate in our area. We um, we have a shop now. Yep. Um, we're really good shop. When we started the podcast, really wasn't a shop locally that was awesome. We always went, you know, like we went to the Bone Shed for the longest time, and that was an hour and a half drive. You yeah. know, not really far, but yeah, you know, it's not right here. Our you know? local shop now though is really good. I've probably taken four or five bows there to get set up, and they do an amazing job. Yeah, and they just started uh, carrying Elite. Yep. Yeah. So we can start plugging them a little more, I guess, now That's in the right. future this year. So right. I wonder what ever happened to like I you know, Tim Kitts and then Poppy. I, I haven't seen or heard anything from them in a while. I, I wonder Poppy I mean, went to I don't know about Tim. I know he moved, but I don't I hadn't honestly hadn't heard from him and then uh Poppy went and managed a shop in uh Champagne area called Bomenum. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, th- that's about the last time I talked to him. I-, I I was in there, I don't know, three or four years ago, and yep. I haven't seen or heard anything from him since. I, yeah, that shop closed, and then I heard he went back to like construction. Yeah, he just kind of got out of. I don't know if he got out of archery, but he's uh, just different career field. Right. Um, which the bone shed and I guess what I'll call its heyday when yeah. we were there all the time was awesome. Yeah, shit, we were going yeah. there every once a month. Every yeah, for a while there weekly. Yeah, just to hang out. Yeah, yeah, it was it was in the heyday. It was. I, I don't even know if it's still open or not. I have no idea. I I, I don't think so. I think the name is is different. Yeah, if I don't it know. is open, but I I don't know. I hadn't heard or really thought about it till now. now for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't we we've totally severed ties with them. We haven't had anything to do with them in quite some time. So yeah, because it was like the Bone Collector Bow Shop, really. It, yeah, you know, for a bit. Yep, but it's a good shop. Why, why, why it was there, and yeah, it was oh, awesome, yeah. and everything worked out. You know, I don't know how many elites we sold through that place. <laughs> Probably a lot, yeah. And and it was funny when uh, whenever it was closing down or things were separating, Nick made Nick made sure he went by there and got all of his mounts and everything. His bear was there, wasn't it? That full size well, grizzly. Yeah, yeah. He had quite a lot of stuff there. You know, he he hadn't finished his house yet, and uh, you know he's having stuff kind of uh in storage all over the place and there was a lot of mounts and stuff there so he made sure he went by there and got that so yeah because you never know what can happen when that shit goes yeah because i remember the first time we went there for their open house we did a podcast there with darren christianberry that's right we kind of got to got to go in the back where no one else could go and there's mounts everywhere and we're like holy shit like the big office yeah there's nick's mount right there you know it was crazy yeah yeah first time we met darren christianberry and we had all started just started shooting elites at the time we're not affiliated with elite on a at business all. level at all but we are all into the art 3d archery uh not the tournament scene but in the 3d archery scene local clubs and stuff and darren was there and darren was like the elite guy you know yeah. and oh uh, yeah and yeah so we podcasted in the main office there at the bone shed that was all that was, that was funny. cool yeah completely I botched mean, all the audio because we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> i've been friends with darren for a long time i mean like well over 25 years so we we shot tournaments for a while. Yeah, he is a good egg boy. Mm-hmm. Is he good the egg. nicest dude in archery? 
I, it just makes you want to throw up. He's so nice. Really <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I told him we need to get a few battle scars on him. You know, at least we'll get a little dirt on you, man. You need some, you need some skeletons in your closet. Man. <laughs> right. We'll talk him into go getting a tattoo with us or yeah. something, you know, just bad influence on him. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we, we had, we were doing a podcast with Darren every year and I feel so bad that we haven't, but I was talking to uh, Larry Mack and I'm like, dude, we got to get Darren back on. Like it's, we have be to. a fun one because He'd probably be like, wow, you guys haven't changed. You're still just drunk idiots. Good to see you. <laughs> you know, I guess we'll yeah. spare him Steve, you know, for an episode. Right. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> you know, when's the last time you talked to our Stevie Mo? Because Steve's still around. He's still in and out of this place. No, so, you know. No, I know. Um, I uh, I haven't talked to him, talked to him in quite some time. But, I mean, he, he sends me stuff through direct message, and we, we share stuff back and forth all the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's anything having to do with uh, WWE or any wrestling, something other. I think I'm going to surprise him because he – I mean, I'm a little bit of a fan, but nothing like what he is. And I'd send him – I'd send him something. I'm like, I got him stumped right there, and he'll come back, and he'll tell me all about it. He watched it, when it was, and everything. I'm like – Dude, you're like a you're like a, a professional wrestling savant, man. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's it's weird. Like it the dude, weird. he's actually an intelligent guy. He just chooses not to portray it, which I think <laughs> is part of his gimmick. You know, it's kind yeah. of what he does. But he does a a Patreon exclusive series for us called Thoughts from a Steve, T H O T S, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. He just did one with our intern Jordan and. You know, Jordan and all his buddies go to Steve's house and got the full-blown Steve experience. Oh, wow. You know, but uh, we actually have another record. Have you seen the uh, Small Bucks Big Questions? Or no, what is it? Yeah, Small Bucks Big Questions series that Steve did for us. No, I haven't. I, I'll text you a link. Okay. And they're kind of like but between two ferns style. Yes. Interview. They're hilarious. Oh, that will be funny as I'll get out. <laughs> yeah. So I'll send that you a couple links. Funny. You got to send him the one of Doug because that's probably the best one. Yeah, you'd like that. Yeah. I'll, I'll send <laughs> yeah. you some links, man. They're ridiculous. Yeah, that will be funny. Almost like a, he's like the the Glenny Balls of WCB, isn't he? 100%. Yeah, that's like the best way <laughs> to break Steve down. He's our Glenny Balls. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little louder. Boy, that dude is surely skyrocketed, hasn't he? Oh, man. Those guys are crazy. Yeah. Yep. Those guys yeah, are crazy. We're, trying, we're trying to get uh, Theo Vaughn to turkey hunt in April. He's going to be in Atlanta in April, so uh, we're trying to get him redeemed. He he wasn't. Uh, we didn't get him a turkey when Michael took him down in Florida. Was he not so, feeling it? It's kind of what I it sounded like. He just wasn't into it. Well, I think it was a. Uh, I think it was. It, it was. I think he was it was going through some stuff. Not going through some stuff. I shouldn't say that, but just like he was wore out. You know what I mean? He yeah. was just looking for some time down. So yeah, he's he's definitely open to it. I was hoping that we could get him down here deer hunting because I think, I think deer hunting, you know, in a blind, you know, at, at you know, just to get your feet wet is going to be a lot, lot better introduction into hunting and outdoors than running and gunning like you know Waddell putting you through the trenches in <laughs> South Florida and sweating your balls off. So I couldn't imagine sitting in a blind with Theo Vaughn for ten minutes. Oh, dude, oh. I couldn't even imagine. God, he is so quick-witted, isn't he? Oh, my. We I were, listened to him on the way here. We with were, Shane I had him playing. Him, his <laughs> interview with Sexy Red yep. was playing in here, and it's like the dude cracks me up because he'll be like, uh, what's that? Let me think. And then he looks down, and then he comes up with something out of his ass. You're like, what do you think of that? Like, <laughs> him and Steve together would be dangerous. Oh, yeah. it would be. 
he's so he's so quick witted. Yeah, actually, uh, I I seen that uh, him and Shane Gillis did another one. Shane Gillis is another one I'm I'm really digging right now. That's what I was listening to on the way here, and I mean, I was laughing my ass off all the way here. Shane, yeah, what kills me about Shane Gillis? Sorry, about him and cut you off, but no. Shane Gillis is a long lost WCB member. He is. Yeah, he's one of us. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I love his humor, and I mean, it, it's ex, ex, actually, you know, they talk about how he didn't make Saturday Night Live and didn't get on there. Honestly, I think that's been a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's been a hundred percent because of that and the news of that. It's almost like a huge springboard for him and his career. So I don't think it's been a hindrance whatsoever. I think it's good. I listened to that when he talked about it on Rogan, and I was just kind of like, I, of course, it would suck at the time because you don't know what the future holds. But yeah, yeah it worked out for him. And I yeah. always wondered because we say wild shit, like wild, wild shit. I actually just heard. I don't know if I should say this publicly, but I'm fuck it. I'll do it anyway. Um, <laughs> Bushlight <laughs> vetted us, and we didn't pass because I say faggot. <laughs> really. Yeah, and which all right, that, that's that, kind that's, of that shit going yeah, on. That's but. fair, right? That's fair. <laughs> they went through a lot, uh, but I don't say it like in like a. Um, I'm not attacking anybody. It's more of a, for comedic relief, is when I say yeah. kind of how Shane Gillis calls stuff gay. Like, yeah, that's what he. It's funny. You know, he's not doesn't actually like, hate gay people. You know, right. it's just right, it's right. funny. Um, but yeah, they vetted us and we didn't pass. Uh, which yeah, that's fair, especially after what they just went through. Um. But like I was like starting to think, is there any, is there anything in relation in the hunting world, kind of like what Shane went through with Saturday Night Live, that you could think of? Like, is there is like someone as a public figure besides poaching, the ultimate wrong, you know, in our world? You mean where somebody was kind of blackballed or just kind of blackballed or like, down? could we get canceled for saying the f word? I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't, I, I don't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I mean, there's all kinds. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of different, uh, you know, cultures that that do hunt, and you know, no matter what you say or who you are, you're going to ruffle. You you could potentially ruffle someone's feathers, or yeah, not yeah. everybody's going to like you. I don't care how likable any of us are. Right, somebody's not going to like you. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, there. You know, there, there could be some people that are fat shamers and like, man, I can't stand looking at T Bone. You know, <laughs> when fact of the matter is. You know, all of us hunt, whether you're fat, small, skinny, tall, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, um, I, I don't think so. I, I don't uh, I think we're already labeled as the redneck anyway. You know, we're we're, we're just we doing what we do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we much, yeah. kind of expect it out of us. That's why so I was good. thinking about that, because it's like, man, if he got he got full blown canceled from SNL for saying gay. I'm like, man, I'll never I'll never be able to run for politics, nor would I. Yeah, but like, you know, I just wondered, it's like, man, is there, is it going to get so, is it going to get so crazy that it kind of gets into the hunting game and then we're doing this political correctness in the hunting game? I hope not, but. Well, you know, uh, I mean, the only thing is, is like, you know, some of our, you know, censorship between like outdoor channel, YouTube, you know, you're not allowed to show certain things. So it, it is, you know, yeah. so to speak, like you can't. Like, even though it's legal, they don't want you, it, it, it's gotten a little, it's changed over the years. Like before we couldn't show, you couldn't show a feeder. You couldn't show the deer eating corn, you know, out of a pile. So I'm, you know, and I'm glad that we embrace that. And, you know, if anybody's listening knows that I embrace it, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the baiting part of it, 
period. But you couldn't show that. You couldn't show, um, even though you can shoot a deer in its bed, you're not allowed to show a deer shooting in, uh, sitting in its bed. You're I didn't realize to, that one. Yep, yep. It's it's legal to, but um, you're it's legal to, but they didn't want you to show it. You know, so that was the networks saying this is the content we want. Uh, you know, otherwise we're not going to air it. And then uh, I, I think you probably can now, or they let some slide, but they do earmark it. No different than YouTube will, you know, demonetize you if you do certain things. I know like Seek One is, uh, I forgot what it was, or they just, you know how TikTok, you can't show any blood or nothing. Uh, any, you can't have a gun, nothing. So, you know, th- there is some censorship out there I, I, to say that, the same things that get you canceled in everyday TV, uh, probably not. But in, in their own words, or you know that side, or the people that are doing the canceling, I mean, I guess we do have you know as hunters, we do have cross crosshairs on us. So yeah, you know, we, we got to be kind of aware. I don't think we need to make excuses for who we are. You know, That's yeah, a, yeah, our Did- our mantra. But but we we definitely need to be aware of that. People are watching, and they would love nothing more than to jump on a bandwagon and cancel us for something for sure yeah yeah no that makes sense did uh did outdoor channel never let like because i know you guys always pulled the solo cup game when you're in camp and stuff because i remember yeah. wadi being like we know what's in the solo cup which is <laughs> a crazy thing to like get worked up about but did they yeah. ever have like a policy that you're aware of was like don't show any beer don't show any alcohol bottles anything like that uh not that i can remember but they uh it would be more to the fact of you were hunting and drinking or if you were slouchy and drinking and, or if, uh, or or slouchy and hunting, or, uh, it may, um, cross over on to a potential sponsor. Oh, you know what I mean? So if like, if, uh, like if Budweiser buys a lot of spots and then we're showing Coors Light, you know, that, that, right. That potentially could be a problem. So that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, but I get it from a business standpoint too. Right. I always thought maybe like the drunk redneck uh, mentality for non-hunters. Yeah, it's for like well, let's keep it off so we're not like feeding into that. But and I think that's why we were kind of like not really. We weren't big enough at the time to be any culture shocked anybody. But a lot of people I just remember didn't like our drinking. But like we're just we're not hunting. We're conversating. Right. Yeah. So. And then early on, we were, you weren't allowed to say kill. Oh, like, really? No, no. You couldn't say, ah, oh, killed him. You say have to say harvest. Or That's why him. harvested and all that was such a big thing back oh, in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think you have to worry about it now, but like I can remember in the mid 2000s and stuff, you weren't allowed to say kill. You weren't allowed to mention blood or, you know, any anything glorifying or celebrating the hunt, so to speak. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I shouldn't say celebrating. You could celebrate it, but you couldn't, you know, no end zone dancing, so, so to speak. <laughs> That's what yeah, I was just yeah. say. It's kind of like football. You get fined if you dance, yeah, dance around the deer or something. <laughs> it was a lot like that, but it's not so much anymore. The last 10 years hadn't been that way, but yeah, I mean, time from time to time, they would definitely have a certain, I'm not saying they're bad. They're just trying to run a company and trying, I mean, I get yeah. what they're trying to do, but yeah, it's right. a shame that it has to be that way. But it, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, didn't they have a? I, I think I remember Jim Shockey talking like you couldn't show um, a kill shot twice. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. Um, you could show 
uh, impact, but like no slow motion, or if it was slow motion, you couldn't show the impact. You could just show like the arrow going towards it. Uh, only one impact per kill. You know, you show it one time. That's it. Yeah, Don't yeah. Go over and over and over and over. But of I, course, I get that cool. to a point. You know. Yeah, I do. But from an educational standpoint, if I'm watching to learn and be a better hunter, I want to see how that deer reacted because. You, you, we all know, you know, guys come back to camp and say, oh, man, I hit that deer great. And if it wasn't on camera, you think you did good. But we all know that there's a, about a minute window that we all black out when an animal comes in. It's like, wait a minute, what happened? What did, did I pull the trigger? Did I did I punch? Did I use the right pin? You don't remember. You're an autopilot. Yeah, yeah did I look so, through the peep? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Been so there. my peep flat feels that big. So, <laughs> yeah. so you, 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 you never – you, you never uh, know what. And then when you track the deer up with your buddies, it's like, golly, I could have swore I hit it right behind the shoulder. And then you got one in the hip and it went up through the guts or something like that. Yeah. So that's the, the, the beauty of, and why I love, you know, even if you're not going to use the footage, at least you got your video to hunt so you can see how the deer reacted. And, you know, I guess I'm just a, you know, a student of the whole process and, uh, you know, a guru of biology of death. I just love learning all that kind of stuff. I mean, no matter how yeah. many kill shots I've got, uh, I, I've we've watched. I can't, I, I can't watch uh, uh, enough of them. No matter whose it is. But that that brings me to a point too. Did y'all see that little montage that our producer Cohen made for Christmas? Like sixty kills in sixty seconds. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I have to, I I, I'll have to check it out. I don't know. Oh my I... gosh, man, he did such a good job, and it's it's like playing some of the, uh, you know, it's a. Uh, it's almost like haunting but it's the perfect music man it's so good it it's gotten so many views they you know i i shared it on mine but but bone collector had it on theirs and we were talking about it yesterday we were filming spine takes and stuff for upcoming shows and we were talking about it and god it was awesome just like watching just 60 critters just getting hammered <laughs> that's something i do need to get better at is bringing a camera with me because it i mean it'd be cool to relive it too but then at the same time, like you said, like, you know, you know exactly where that shot was, or at least you can get a better idea of where it was. I oh, mean, yeah. Tacticam, not a sponsor, but let's talk. But I started like a stabilizer mounted Tacticam, you know, yep. better than nothing. Yeah. yeah and and I, I tell folks all the time, whether it's a GoPro or Tacticam or anything like that, you got these small cameras now, or even, you know, the guys from uh, Heartland Bowhunter, it looks like they're doing it with their phone. They may have made something to go with their phone on their chest. Mm. The but, painted but you, arrow guys have like a bow mounted system for your phones yeah. that are pretty sweet. And, and I'm not really a fan of one on your bow. And the reason why is because um, you never get the impact because the bow's always moving at the yeah. shot. I mean, it's yeah. good for the, when the deer's coming in, but the, the point of impact, it's hard to get the shock and wave. Or, and it could affect the shot, you know, because, uh, you know, you're trying to hold steady. So therefore, you don't make the best shot as possible. So. I would rather take one and just put it over your shoulder. And even though it's not, you know, 4K and, you know, uh, you know, $4,000 camera right over your shoulder, like we got with a camera guy, at least it's enough, like you're to your point, Eric, to where you can see the animal and you can see what happened, how he reacted and relive it in your mind. Uh, because, you know, hopefully everybody that is shooting a critter, whether it's a gun or a bow or whatever, you're hyper focused on you know, making the shot and right behind that shoulder. And you're not worried about all this other stuff that you can relive. Like you said, Eric, mm -hmm. over and over, if you've got it on video. So it, it, it it's good for memories and, and entertainment and as well as educational. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, man, what's, what's up for next fall? Do you have any big plans? Like any, are you going to go anywhere? Do you have any setups? Like what's going on? 
Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't, I was going to go to Kansas this year, but I, honestly, it's the first year in 15 years I didn't draw a Kansas tag and I didn't, uh, didn't draw an Iowa tag. So, um, it, depending on how I draw there, I, I plan on going to Kansas next year as well. I'm trying to secure another good spot in Oklahoma. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I, I, I won't be traveling like I have in the past, but I'd love to get one, you know, two, maybe three hunts a year outside of the state, but I'm, you know, definitely try to make stuff here. Um, just have got um we put a therapy pool in there here at the house so um it, it's a heated therapy pool so that we it i mean we just got it hooked up last week but mm-hmm. uh hopefully I, I can get out there and get some exercise and stuff that's the whole game plan to increase my mobility and awesome lose some weight so that it's it's easier to travel and you know there i i got a confidence factor of traveling yeah so um, yeah. that's what we're working on yeah it you know, uh, cancer-wise, just to give a real quick update, yeah. every four months I go for, uh, you know, they don't ever like to say cancer-free till you're, you know, five years out or more, but no sign of no cancer since, uh, well, February 7th will be uh, two years. So Awesome. So good. no sign of anything right now. Everything's good, but every four months I go for, you know, blood work and CT scans and stuff. So we've passed all those tests so far. We just got to, basically the only thing, just got to lose some weight and get a little more mobile and, and we'll, we'll increase what we're already doing and loving awesome yeah. man. well Thank if you, you draw the iowa tag just stop by here on your way because it's it's right on I, the way brothers i you, you trust <laughs> me i will i sure will <laughs> yeah it's always like i i'm always i'm awkward with that stuff so i don't know how to navigate questions with it and would not sound like an ignorant ass but uh but no i, I do appreciate the update on all mm-hmm. that and and yeah we miss you man we miss seeing you at the shows and we love you and and we can't wait to cut up and oh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing you back out there yeah, they were telling me about the ATA show is, uh, you, you know, like, uh, you know, you and I talked about it, Kurt, you know, uh, us doing this right after the ATA show. But, you know, judging from what what I've seen and talking to Waddell and them, like attendance, you know, since COVID has been down quite a bit. However, uh, it seems like uh, efficiently those dealers that are coming are writing some orders. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been pretty efficient that wise. But as far as like the the, the mass of people and stuff, it, it's down a little bit. So, uh, yeah. but I, I always love it. I mean, I always tell everybody if, if it was four days, I'd love to go two days just as a fan, not recognizable, go around and just like guru into all the, the new products and stuff and mm-hmm. then take more, two more days, you know, and just, you know, do business that we, that we have. But, uh, yeah. I, I, did you guys see anything or, I mean, what, what was y'all's take on it? Was there anything that's just like game changing? Cause I'm, through social media and stuff like that, I'm 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 getting all the updates on what's new in a lot of people. I, I will say, stuff. as a, just before we get into like product stuff, my take was the smallest and lowest attendance ATA ever that I've been to in 14, 15 ATAs. But everyone I talked to said, business wise, the most productive, the most pe- lot more orders were written this year than the past couple of years for sure all of our partners are like we're this is great this is awesome. great yep. so positive there um Good. we got a lot done we got we did seven full-length podcasts during the show and like that's that's a perfect amount because we yep. can still see the show floor visit with friends and then get work done um right. so for us it's been my favorite ata yep, like as sure. far as uh work enjoyment balance you know what I mean? Close uh, to you guys too. Yeah, just you know, a few hours. A few yeah. hours. Uh, yeah. St. Louis could be a little nicer neighborhood, but we made do. <laughs> hood is correct. Hood. <laughs> hood yes. Yeah. It was a good hood. Not too bad. We made it out. Yeah. For a bunch of uh, drunk white dudes, we we made it through all right. But uh, 
it was all right. You know, it was cool. Um, we had fun. Product wise, um, my number one pick, and it's not an archery related like arch like a bow or archery tool is. Trophy line just launched a stand and uh, pl- saddle platform and sticks made out of magnite. Yep. I and the whole stackable concept, I think that's like for his. I think that was the most mind blowing product. Like, holy shit. Yeah. For the, as far as innovation can go for a, a platform and sticks, I think they did that. They mm-hmm. got the innovation on it. Um, a lot of the archery stuff, I know there's some good stuff about it, but. Um, you know, I, a lot of it might be like a contradiction to our partner or like conflict of interest. So we, yeah, you know, you you get how that is. No, I understand. Yeah, there's a lot of good innovative stuff. I I've, I've been seeing a lot of. There's a new vein out that is uh, uh, easy vein. Oh, Have you seen that? I did see that. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah, Australian. It's an Australian based company. It's it's neat. I mean, it's like I, ultra you know, durable, right? Real durable, and uh, you you just slide it on. It's a uh, it's real lightweight though, so it's not real bulky and it doesn't add a lot of weight to the rear end. I I I just got like a couple in that last week, and so I haven't really played with it, but it, it was neat. I'm just saying it's neat to see that, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. And there's there's a uh, to to your I was going to ask you what was what's the guy's name that uh, was doing a lot of the talking? Is his name Sean with Trophy Line? Yep. Yeah. 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 What's, what's Sean's last name? Oh, Ferguson. Fergie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with Outtech forever, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I knew I recognized him, and I said, "Man, I know that guy's name, Sean." But I, I, but anyway, um, I had mentioned to you, Kurt. I don't know if you remember this talking about Trophy Line. I know the inventor of Trophy Line from way back when. I'm talking like when I had a shop, like in the early '90s. Yeah. James Green used to come to my store. Mm Hmm. With the with the uh, the tree saddles is, is yeah what they used to yeah they were the first leather. tree saddle correct we called them the the leather diapers yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they so, were uh, leather yeah him, him and his daughter and I forget his daughter's name but she after James kind of uh, passed passed on she ran with it for a while and it and it did pretty good traction and then it kind of went away for a few years and then I'm kind of glad to see it you know uh, making a resurgence in the last few years it's been real big yeah uh, anything having to do with you know saddle hunting i always told folks like when we started filming in the early two uh you know i'm not built for saddle hunting by no means but i always told people for the last 20 something years i'm like if i was of average size and or like i I was always thinking like man that'd be perfect for our camera guys whether we're in stands or not yeah you could hunt anywhere and just just take the saddle and the camera guy's good to go you know yep, it, right we don't have to be two stand set mm-hmm. and then the, then the other thing is I, I always thought you know i thought man it just makes it so much more versatile i'd be you know if i was of average size i would definitely look into hunting that way i've been utilizing the shit out of it man i you know we yeah we always I mean, we still make fun of it joking around and even though we do it but we always kind of joked around about it before because Guys who are real into saddle hunting make it pretty easy to joke about. But, um, yeah, getting to know all the guys at Trophy Line and, like, I'm running that Vanatic saddle, which is USA-made. Their, all their new stand and sticks are or platform and sticks are all USA-made. Yeah. Um, so that's gives you the feel-good. And, and they actually, I think, I don't know if it's still available. They did, like, a, a uh, what would they call it? It's like an anniversary edition to the OG saddle, and it was leather. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they had like, um, they're limited edition, so they came numbered. Oh, cool! And they, it was just kind of like a neat throwback thing that they did. 
Yeah, J and James Green, his background was uh, horses and saddles and stuff, so that's where that came oh. from. As being a, you know, he had a tack shop, so that's why he worked with leather quite a bit, and that's where he come that up. Makes with that. sense. He, yeah, yeah, and that's why they call it a saddle. <laughs> yeah, and he always he'd come down to the he'd come down to the shop and he'd give demonstrations and stuff, and it, you know, and everybody'd be like, "Oh, wow!" You know, I mean, you got to understand this was twenty five years ago or or more, nearly thirty years ago. And, uh, you know, he was like, you'd hear it make noise with the leather as you'd, you'd roll around the tree and he'd go, you know how leather does. Oh, yeah. He, he would show you how to quieten it up with uh, saddle soap. And, uh -huh. and, yeah. And you got to condition it just like a ball glove. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. It was all leather, but, um, <laughs> you know, just some of the, the early, early days, but it was, it was really neat. It was, it's neat to see. I mean, it just shows how damn old I am, but you know, 30 years in like a guy that used to show up and like strap onto a tree in the back of my shop with a uh, leather diaper on and now man it's like revolutionary it's just <laughs> right yeah took a little while to get traction but man it's rolling now and that's what most people think that saddles just came out a couple years ago yeah it's yeah. old really yeah. You, you, yeah. i love hearing those stories man of like i don't know i just like we had doug's parents on and you know his dad's like an og killer and it's got like a 200 inch deer from like 88 or yep. something like that it was in a magazine and yeah. i think that episode we talked about nostalgia type hunting stuff yeah and i eat that shit up i love hearing about it man like oh, the yeah. products yeah. and all that it's like stuff. the history of hunting pretty much yeah yeah it's like all <laughs> the stuff that was around in the 90s when i was you know i was born in 1990 so to hear about stuff how guys hunted in 1990 91 92 93 to me is like i love hearing about it right oh that's crazy we we you know long before trail cameras i'm have y'all heard about uh trail timers yeah oh, i yeah. love that i love the you, idea of it yeah you stretch a string across a trail and it would stop it and it let you know <laughs> what time something crossed that trail you yeah. didn't know what it was just something that crossed it and tripped it eric go grab what? that over there oh the yeah top of that. bone will know what this is i doubt you ever use it because it's different camps but but dude you wouldn't believe the information like when you got that information like at five fifteen. thanks do you know what this? You know what this is? Oh yeah, that's one of the first trail cameras. Yeah, it's the prototype. Mark gave, Mark knew that I'm like into this nostalgic, nostalgic stuff. old. Oh. Like for me, I was 14, maybe 12, maybe young, 12 or younger, and he he gave me this wildlife eye prototype with the original box and the original set of 35 millimeter photo shoot yep. photos they took with Terry. That thing's day. never been used. I'm Probably. sure it's been used, but it's oh, all. Yeah, I could send you some stuff too. I've got the number three laser rangefinder ever produced. Really? Um, oh yeah, I got it, and it still works. I it, that was from 1994. Bushnell made it. Bushnell it, made it. How big yeah. is it? Oh, dude, it's 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 uh oh man, it's it's this big. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's a two hander. Is that the one where? Oh, who brought one in our buddy Gino because he had a trail timer one of them had a trail timer and yep. they brought in a trail timer and that was there would be a raccoon walking through it you know yeah and, and then he had I think it was Gino Gino or Mark had an old trail cam didn't you didn't you have to look through two lenses and like match up a number oh yeah that was before that was before this was the first laser now oh. the rangefinder this was a yeah you had a you would look you it was be two visions so you'd look at something like a tree and then you focus it until it was focused and then <laughs> and then you look on the focus ring and then you you like get it focused and then you look on top 
and then it would tell you what yardage it was. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds it like only, so much fiddle farting around. Oh, but it was only like accurate within five yards. But hey, that's <laughs> that's all we had, you know. All right. They yeah. use it for golf too. They take you take the golf tee, I mean the golf uh, flag, and you would be off on it and then you'd you'd, you'd focus on it, focus on it until it was together, and then you look over it and oh it's 120 yards. <laughs> Oh my but, gosh! But back then we thought that was—I mean—and actually they accused people in 3D archery of cheating that way with regular. With you would mark your binoculars, so you take regular binoculars mm -hmm. and you look at the target, and then you you basically you you roll the focus to where it's out of focus, and then you mark it, and then you roll it until it's in focus, and then it in focus people would take stripes and put on there. And when, when the target was in focus, it would be 32 yards. And then like you, if it was at 40 yards, you'd have to roll it again, bring it in focus. And then you look at your focus ring and you'd have witness marks down through there. And the witness mm. marks tell, tell you how far it was. That's, that's how people, that's how people would cheat for 3d archery because no a lot of, Oh yeah. Because uh, laser range finders were not allowed on a range at all until like the last, eight or 10 years yeah because 3d archery was you had to be accurate and a good shot but you also had to have the skills of being able to judge yardage all the way out to 60 yards just with your natural eye no laser rangefinder yeah yeah i was excited about the laser rangefinder because i was using it for of course i was going to use it for hunting but i was more excited about it as a training aid so that i could perfect my craft of judging distance in the early 90s mm, yeah yeah like in the yard like instant feedback yeah because the way i used to do it would take a basketball and i'd go on walks and i'd throw the basketball out there i would judge the distance to the basketball and i'd walk it off that's oh, how i would that's how i would <laughs> practice judging yardage and then when this laser rangefinder came out i guess that's when i gained all the weight because i wasn't walking as much. <laughs> so so anyway i i, I the laser rangefinder just aided you in your 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 training and stuff so i, I still have it. it it ran off a big nine volt battery and oh shit yeah eight yeah, double d's in the thing oh, yeah, <laughs> right. see yeah. i just i just think that stuff's so neat to hear about or like you know a guy who still got his old early 90s bows on the sh on the shelf or the wall or whatever and it's like yeah. i don't know to me i just think it's fun like and we brought up like if you still had those old cabela's master catalogs mm -hmm. from early yes. 2000s and 2030 that's going to be so cool to flip through yeah yeah nobody will be even know how to relate to that because i'm sure there'll be no print back you know when we get you know yeah. 10 years more down the road but yeah i've got like a, i've got one of the first bows ever made compound bows it's an allen bow mm -hmm. oh yeah like like the brand allen that they make yeah correct is built in 71 72 i i got one of those and i've got i got the bow that i won the world championships with in 91 and you know, a lot of those old bows, I, I keep all that stuff. So it's, it's so pretty cool. neat to look at it and see how, you know, we're really lucky as far as that goes. If you look in the last 50 years, there has been a lot of inventions, not just in hunting, but like cell phones. I mean, we're in an age era of the last 50 years that a lot has changed oh, yeah. within, you know, uh, lifestyles and societies. But certainly in hunting, you know, I, we get asked all the time on podcasts or interviews and stuff like that what would you say is the most uh, game-changing invention in the last, you know, naturally everybody's going to say the bow, of course, but mm -hmm. really in the last 20 years, I would say the trail camera is number one. Yeah. And number two would be the laser rangefinder. Mm -hmm. those, those two are right up there at the top of the list of things that have changed that has made 
deer hunting, uh, you know, uh, not, I'm not going to say easier. It's never easier, but boy, they, it is a wealth of knowledge and it makes you a lot more proficient for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The thing of the scope and things and how fast, like what we were talking at, we were at dinner at ATA talking about this. We we're like talking about way back in past. I was like, yeah, that's only like two people ago. Yeah. We're talking about like the, like, like like the frontier about. of the wild west is like two and a half people ago. Yeah. Like yeah. really like full lives, maybe three. Yeah. That's not that long ago. No, no. It seems like it'd be like a thousand years ago. And you got to think before, before like 1900, everything was kind of the same beyond that. You know, like a lot of shit has changed in the last hundred years or whatever. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. You're talking about that being a 35 millimeter camera. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the guys probably listening to the podcast don't even realize, you know, you used to have to take the camera roll to the drugstore or even I can remember before trail cameras, we, my mom would take, pictures and we'd have to mail it off and it'd take like three weeks to get your pictures back some dude in a room with red lights had to like develop them yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah so but the trip i'll tell you this funny i gotta tell you this funny story so so um we on my property here when i first bought it we had tournaments because i had a store so we set used to set the tournaments here i had a trail camera only could afford one and I had one and we, you know, once it would fill up, it'd take 30 pictures is all you'd get. And then you'd have to take them to the drugstore and then you'd leave them there. And, you know, they'd have one day photo and then, uh, you know, you'd get all the, you'd have to pay for them and you hope you get something good. Yeah. You, know, you might only get two deer pictures and the rest are squirrels. And you're like, golly, what a waste. Yeah. Well, then, the, then they started doing, if you don't like the pictures, you don't have to pay for them. So they would, so like if you had a, a two rolls of film, you dropped off and you only had two pictures, you only have to pay for two pictures which was not good business on their, their, their <laughs> Especially with a trail camera. Yeah. So we were setting targets. This was a, I had a trail camera out and we were setting targets and I wasn't with the guys, you know, we'd get together and we'd all go set the course for the upcoming weekend. And this is like on a Wednesday or so. Well, there's a guy in our group named John and he's, he's a bigger guy as well. And he, they seen my trail camera out in the woods. So he walks over there in front of it. But first, drops his pants down to his ankles and, you know, going to moon the target, of course. Uh-huh. And he's about, he's probably about, you know, five or six, seven yards out in front of it, not like right up on it. So he's out a little bit and he bends over. You can't tell who it is. All you can see is just a big old butt. You yeah. know? So <laughs> I didn't know that they'd done it. I had no idea. So I take the trail camera pictures to the local uh, pharmacy <laughs> to drop it off at the, the, the photo mat. Yeah. I go back in the next day to get the pictures and I'm standing there, you know, like used to, we'd stand there and flip through them. So I'm flipping through them and I was going to take them all. So I said, thank you. know, I didn't flip through all of them. I just seen there was a couple of big deer. I paid her and she's standing there. She's standing there talking to me and, you know, listening. I'm hardly, I'm hardly paying attention because I'm flipping through the pictures. So I turned to walk around, walk away and I'm walking away and I'm walking real slow. I'm still going through the pictures and she's stand, she's behind me. I, I I mean, she's still at the counter and I get to that picture of the big old butt. And I I just start, I just start snickering. I'm like, golly, I knew who it was immediately. <laughs> yeah. and then I'm thinking like, what? I bet you this girl thinks that's me. <laughs> big old butt. And I turned around and I promise you guys, her head's cocked sideways and she's just going, She's smiling because she realized that I've seen the button. And I said, that, that, that ain't, that ain't me. That ain't That's me. not me. I promise. Yeah. 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 She's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It that, isn't add to that, that tournament that weekend, we had all those pictures and my mom came down. My mom was from England. So she had a real thick English accent. 
Your mom was? Yeah, yeah. She didn't move over here, so she was like 26. Oh, I hadn't, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yep. So she had a real thick English accent. My family would come down, and she would. We called her the Whopper Flopper because she would cook the hamburgers and stuff like that. And we were sitting there at the at the sign-in tent, and we handed her the pictures. And you know, we was introducing her. It's like, here we got this camera that takes pictures out in the woods, and we get pictures of deer and stuff like that. And she said, "Oh my, that's so neat." So we knew we was going to get her. Yeah. We handed her the pictures, and she's flipping through there. And I know that that picture of the butt is coming up. She's flipping through there, and she goes, "Oh my lord, Trav!" And, and, uh, <laughs> and said, what is it? she goes, "You can see your doodads and everything." <laughs> she thought it was me too, and I said, "That ain't me. That's John." And John's out there, you know, in the out there hanging out. Yeah, and they go, Lord John, we took our relationship to a new level. <laughs> so does John know that all like the store clerk and all these people are just getting? Oh the yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, probably yeah. why he but did he, it. Yeah, he don't. You you got to know John. He don't care. I mean, honestly, if he could tattoo his name on his butt, he would have been fine with that. <laughs> that's that awesome. Was a funny story. We got my mom, you know, and then uh, and then plus the, the the you know getting the camera the, the film developed there. It was pretty cool. That is funny. Yeah, we we uh, burned out the one hour photo lady pretty bad at, at yeah. the Jewel Osco for a while. But that's just crazy because oh, yeah. people get pissed now when they get the one weed going by eight hundred times. Yeah, like, you were screwed then. Yeah, try doing that now or back then. Oh, exactly. <laughs> you should be really pissed. Awesome. So fun. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so many inventions. Yeah, like release aids. That's something I could show y'all a bunch of release aids. There used to be one um, that was a leather strap, and, and you just wrapped the strap around and pinched it. Oh, really? Yeah, you had a block of wood. You wrap a leather strap around. That was one of the first release aids. And you pinch it with your thumb, and you draw it back and just let open your thumb, and that's how you let the string go. Oh, mm. no way. Yeah, that'd be cool to see. Who made that? Um, The guy down the road? <laughs> yeah, yeah, anybody. It's not, it's not a company that's out there now. It's just yeah. like, yeah. And then there was a... There was I know HHA made, made them back in the day. That's how they started. Yeah, Zero Gap. Yeah, that's how they started, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, actually, I know um, Chris and Chris and and uh, Chris's brother's name, but anyway, I know Chris's dad, Harry. I, but long before I knew Chris, he used to come to our store and sell them, and that's where I bought the Zero Gap. His was unique because the calipers wouldn't go together, and he had a set screw to where you could always make them touch, so you could precision make the calipers touch, and it was wow. like revolutionary back in the day. Right, gotcha. But, there was another one called a hook that it was just a stainless steel. It was a stainless steel hook just like that. And it looked like a T handle, but it had this looked like a, a leather all, you know, like you're going to punch through. Mm-hmm. You just take that hook and literally just take the hook and just hook it on a string just like that. Like if that's the string, you just hook it on there and you had to draw it back with one finger. Cause if you turned it like this, any, it would slide off that hook. So you had to draw it back with one finger and then as you rotated your hand just a little bit, kind of like a hinge release yeah, now. Yeah, just rolled that hook it, back. It would just, it would just, well, the hook wouldn't move. It was just a straight pin. Right. All it would do is like, it would just, you'd move it like this and it just slide right off the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. See, that stuff's so neat to me. Like, how many people yeah. punch themselves in the face with that thing? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, there was a, there was a bunch of fat lips off of that joker. Yeah, how, many air, how many aluminum arrows were going through a garage door? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah. dude, all right, we got to close out the podcast with talking about some fights. Yeah. Who are you looking for? Bo Nichols, an animal all of a sudden. I'm looking forward yes. to watching him a bunch. 
Absolutely. And he's a hunter. He's a hunter. He's an outdoorsman and uh, real, real proud about that. You know, a lot of those guys are hunters and outdoorsmen. That's, Mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Bo Nichols. Um, did you happen to watch the podcast with Theo Vaughn and Sean Strickland? I watched parts of it. I didn't watch the full thing. I'm a Sean Strickland fan. I am too, from a fighter standpoint, but I'm worried about him as a human being and a well-being. I mean, like, yeah, somebody needs to keep close tabs on him. He's a little reckless. He's a little reckless. Extremely reckless, man. Boy's got some issues, and yeah, you know, I ain't hating on him because he's been through a lot. But nonetheless, I listened to his episode on Rogan, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. But what I do like is that he he'll fight dudes that talk shit online. He'll invite them down to the gym. Yeah, because he loves sparring so much. (laughs) That he'll just like give all these shit and he wins. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet. I bet because he he has that I have nothing to lose type attitude. So scary dude. Yes, very. You know, I'm looking forward to him and uh, Dubes. Du- mm-hmm. Yeah, their fight's coming up. So uh, actually, it might be this weekend, isn't it? I, I'm lost on. I know when's 300 UFC 300 is coming up hot, uh, right? Oh, it's June, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. May or June. Fight, yeah, International actually, Fight Week. Yeah. I'm glad they got Jim Miller on that. They got him to slated to be on that. That'll mm-hmm. be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we just interviewed Corey Anderson. Yep, great um, dude. Which he's not in the oh. UFC anymore, but that dude's a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, looking forward to John Jones getting healthy. And you know, I, I, I'd say he probably don't have too many years left, but I'd like to see him fight a couple more times. And then I'm a fan. Yeah, looks like Connor's going to fight this. I, you know, I, I feel like almost Connor's a little bit on the washed up side, you know, as far as, I mean, he's rich as I'll get out and he's yeah. still going to be fun to watch, but he's going to fight Chandler. Yep. Chandler's an animal. Fun. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. I, I would think that Chandler would win that, but it's still going to be neat to watch, you know? Yeah. It's Connor. You got to watch. Yeah, man. He, yep. he, he definitely can, uh, he's one of the best hype men ever. I'm a fanboy, dude. I'll be drinking Modelo's and freaking proper 12 in there. <laughs> Yeah. Getting my Irish yep. accent on. Yep. <laughs> yep. Who the fookies these guys? Yeah. Best line <laughs> ever. Right. <laughs> it's the best yep. line ever. And Jeremy Stevens is a killer too. And that's yes. and he was saying that. He's like, who the what do you say? I'm the yeah. baddest 145er of all time. Do you have you ever seen that highlight, Eric? I know uh-huh. you're less into fights. They're at a press conference and Jeremy Stevens is sitting like up behind him. And yeah. he's trying he took his shot to kind of get Connor's attention, maybe for a fight for money, big money. He goes, right here, I'm the hardest-hitting motherfucker in the 45 division. And Connor just goes, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. I've seen that clip before. Yeah, yeah. So, gosh. But I think you spell it. I think you spell it F-O-O-K. Yeah, Fook. My apologies, yeah. yeah. Fook. Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's some good fights. Um, man, the knockout of uh, Bryce Mitchell was kind of hard to watch. It was tough. It was tough. Uh, you know, we've got a um, within the industry, we've got kind of a UFC, uh, um, like a group text. I, I'll 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 pull you in on that, man. You'll love that. Oh yeah, yeah I would love that. Yeah, yeah Nate Hosey, Lake Pickle, uh, a lot of a lot of the folks. You know, Primos guys. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of us that are in that. Um, Rob Chalinski, he runs Total Archery Challenge. Oh, cool. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I'd be all in on that. You know, Rob. I don't know him. No, I don't know yeah. him. Yeah, but, but anyway, I'll I'll pull you in on that, man. That'd be that'd be awesome, yeah. Because we all chime in. Who you got tonight? This, that, and the other. It's it's always a good time. Cool. We uh we try when we're not on the road or doing something, whatever. We try to do fight parties here at the studio because we got the TV and the sound system yeah. and stuff. Now we turn the lights down and yep. just, yeah, yeah, I love it. Have fun. Yep. So 
my, my wife loves it too. And, and honestly, it's probably one of the, the, one of the number one things that we like, you know, to, to do together or can watch together. And she, I mean, like a lot of my friends think, oh, yeah, she's a fan. She watches it. But not, I mean, like she can rattle off statistics, knockouts, quote back fights and stuff like that. I mean, like she can hold her own as far as the. That's the pretty background. cool. Yeah, yeah. She she loves it. Absolutely loves it. I've been I've been dabbling in uh, BKFC a little bit. Yeah, I've, I've watched it, you know, naturally when uh, every time Chad Mendez, I watched all his fights on there. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to follow all of them. I, it's you can't. UFC, yeah, there's probably just a million of them dude, now. Mike Perry. Yeah, there's a million. Yeah, Mike Perry. Yeah. That dude it seems like he'd be a scary dude to be around. That's right. Mike what Perry. Go ahead. What do you think about the new slap? Uh, you know, I, like, I don't get it. I don't either. I, I don't, it's not really. It's all about who goes first, isn't it? Kinda. Yeah. I. I, I don't get it as. It's nowhere near like UFC. I mean, I know Dana's hyping it up that it's doing some really crazy numbers and stuff like that, but I, I don't that's know. That's pure I, I violence. Like, yeah, I, I don't enjoy it as much, especially I don't like seeing two women slap each other like that, man. That's rough. <laughs> you know, Tim Sylvia, I don't know what league he's in. I can't remember, but he won one. I don't know. I, I think he's only had one up at, to, to this point, but yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know how it works. I guess I've never watched like an event. You just watch the highlights and you hold that like foam bar behind your back. And then I don't know what they do. How I don't know who go, how you decide who goes first. But to me, I just look at them like, well, if I get my bell rung first, I'm already losing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of uh, luck of the draw, it seems like. <laughs> I don't, you, you, damn, you damn sure better make that first one count. Right. I would rather watch a because like, BKFC is a, it's bloody. It's like watching a dog fight almost. Like I would yeah. rather watch that than just people slap each other back and forth. I agree. There's competition. I, I mean, maybe there's some shit I don't understand about the slap stuff, but yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a lot of different things that can happen in UFC and BK. You know, there's a lot of different things that can happen between wrestling and you know, whereas slapping is just like slapping <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you see those chicks with like their faces are all swollen up from just taking a, yeah. i don't know it's crazy now what about these redneck brawls have you been seeing that like street beefs yeah you know they're like the the black plywood and then some and like a dog kennel in the somebody's backyard i no, no, <laughs> no this is like organized it's called redneck brawls they oh i haven't seen the, it yeah they had one in, i mean it's organized it's like just every guy it's just like uh you know they got several different weight classes but it's just like the guy that loads your truck at the co-op talking crap about the guy in the next county over but they may they always make it about state versus state so that it's a you want to tune in you know it'd be like illinois against iowa for you guys you know it's like (laughs) oh man you cross that river i'm gonna send you back packing boy yeah you know and, and then that's what it is is then it's just it's just everyday normal guys talking crap back and forth for weeks on end, and it it usually sells out within like thirty seconds. Three thousand seat arenas. No the kidding. Next, oh yeah, the next one coming up is in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, they they did one in Virginia, West Virginia, and they just did Rome, Georgia, like last week. My brother and all went, and uh, like everybody goes in overalls. I mean, it's just an <laughs> invite. it's just an invite to just go and be just like white trash. Just I mean, people, you know I should be impressive. I've never watched it, but I'm a fan. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you some stuff on we'll it. Have to, we'll I mean, have to look so it up funny. after this. Yeah, please send me some of that because we, dude, I want to. 
by the end of 25, because we're so booked for 24 this year, I want to go to a UFC live event. I want to go to one. I've never gone. I, I need to go. I've been to several, and uh, I mean, I, I really think that you should go, you know, <laughs> just to say you did, but it's way better watching it at home or with your buds. I, I can mean, see that, yeah. But, yeah, because, I mean, you can't see through that ring as well. I mean, there is a lot to say about being in the moment. The and energy you know, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot to say about that, and I highly encourage you get to go to one at some point, especially a Vegas one. I th- Those are those are really good. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I, I wouldn't – um uh, I, I mean, you, it's not something that you're going to want to go to like 15 or 20 of them for sure. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You I thought you'd just I, do one. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go to uh, uh, when Brock Lesnar's first one, uh, him and uh, Frank Mir. Oh, damn. You were at that fight? Yeah. I was at that fight. And uh, actually, Tim Sylvia, uh, we was at, it was at during Shot Show. And uh, he got us in to, to where we could, well, he was fighting as well, but we he got us into, to, um, see it there so no yeah that kidding. was that was pretty cool yeah yeah especially awesome. to make it an iconic type fight like that you know exactly exactly well you don't know at the time but it, it turned out it was yeah 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 for sure that's cool man t-bone i always enjoy catching up with you dude it's oh, yeah. always so man, much fun you guys are great man i mean this ain't even like doing a podcast this is just like catching up and, and somebody just happened to press uh record on the darn I forgot to hit record. I'm just kidding. I actually (laughs) did hit the button. But well, that's what's like that. We just hit the button. It's like ah, we don't need to make this. Yeah, you know. Yeah, shoot the shit. So it's fun about it, man. Like I always say, you know, I don't. We're not really talking shit, but we're just together. We're just boys talking shit. You know, about anything and everything. Exactly. I mean, so many, so many times you get you see guests on. Not with you guys, I'm saying, but you see guests on podcasts, and it's so scripted, and you can tell they're so nervous and everything Mm -hmm. like that. I'm like. I think what a podcast is about, man. It's just like, how interesting are you? Or, you know, like what, what you got to share and let, let's just, yeah, let's just talk, talk the stuff, you know, cause if you're, you know, two friends or you're, you share the same outdoor, uh, industry and that, and the same passions and stuff like that, my gosh, you could just about talk every day with, with all your buddies. So yeah, that's for what sure. all about. yeah, a lot of people kind of like take, uh, you know, in the hunting industry, especially, and even outside, like the the podcast platform and like overproduce it and kind of like turn into something then it's almost like it might as well be like a late night show right yeah it's the same thing with outdoor television you know have these ultimate epic openings of their show you know that last 10 minutes long and then the content is just dies like (laughs) yeah yeah we we like we try to shorten our opening as short as we can and let there be a lot more meat meat and taters in the middle yeah Mm -hmm. for sure although i do think it'd be funny to do kind of like a version of us where it was like the jackie bushman show it would man (laughs) we talked about that me me, my i don't know if michael and them uh mentioned it when they were talking to y'all but we want to do more of a you know parody stuff and saturday night live stuff and stuff little vignettes for uh youtube and stuff yeah that'd be hilarious i think people would love that you know because almost like i hopefully People would take it within the industry, you know, having people act like other people within the industry. Yeah. You know, picking on other people. I yeah. think that they would. Oh, man. It's kind of, remember Jimmy Big Time? Oh, I loved it. Jimmy yeah, Big Time. But it was almost like too early. Yeah. Huge supporter of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We was on the show a couple of times. I mean, yeah. he came down here and filmed quite a bit. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. I don't know what ever happened to that guy. Um, I, I, I don't know what he's doing for a living now. I just know they're not doing that anymore. I know his, um, his, uh, brother you know ha- has his own marketing company oh. um yeah uh jeff uh 
golly, I just talked to him the other day. They need to bring that back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's time. Yep. It's time. Jimmy Big Time has got to come back. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I always laughed at that show. I I saw them guys the first year I was at ATA, one of the first years, and I was like all about it, dude. One character is kind of like a Bubbles type character. That's exactly right. Yeah. I love Bubbles, man. Me and Nick talk about Bubbles all the time, man. It's the best. It's a great show. (laughs) It's the best. Yeah. Well, dude, let's do this more often, yep. and let's actually get together and uh, shoot the shit and have some good have some good fun. Man, anytime y'all need something, just let me know, guys. I appreciate it. y'all. Welcome down here anytime, and y'all just keep knocking it out of the park, man. Just be yourself, keep your roots, and just keep on plowing, man. Yeah, appreciate it, Bone. Thanks, buddy. We're gonna try. Thank you, Thank you guys. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully you're uh, going to get into the UFC fights a little bit more now. And, and uh, I don't know. It's good fun. So oh, you yeah. know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We'll see you next week. Later. Later.